It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Age of Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, ladies and gentlemen, time once again for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man. Joining me, as always, my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. Yeah. Just just made it to the doctor today. Got a clean bill of health. Yep. And uh, I'm ready to go for this podcast, brother. Let's do it. Me too. So, if you guys, uh, we have a little issues because uh, our notes are now completely electronic because we ran out of printer ink. So, we might get a little lost momentarily at times, so... Just bear with us as we take care of that. But let's get in to some NASCAR. Let's do it, brother. First up, we're going to talk about the results from the Daytona race, giving you the top 10 finish. In first place was Ryan Blaney in the 12 Ford. Second place in the 23 Toyota, Bubba Wallace. Third place in the number 6 Ford, Ryan Newman. Fourth place, 37 Chevy, Ryan Priest. In the number 8 Chevy in fifth place was Tyler Riddick. Uh, let's see here. Six in the 77 Chevy was Justin Haley. In seventh was in the number 48, Alex Bowman. And that's a Chevy, sorry. Uh, eighth was uh, Chase Elliott in the number nine Chevy. Ninth is BJ McLeod in the 78 Ford. And in the 52 Ford, finishing out the top 10, Josh Bilicki. The standings as they now are reset for the playoffs is as follows. In first place is Kyle Larson in the number five Chevy. Second place is Martin Truex Jr. in the number 19 Toyota. Third place in the 12 Ford, Ryan Blaney. So he went up a lot. In fourth place, Kyle Busch in the number 18 Toyota. In fifth, Chase Elliott in the number nine Chevy. Sixth is Alex Bowman in the 48 Chevy. Seventh place and moving a lot up, and he needed to because he was one of those ones that didn't win. Number 11 Toyota, Denny Hamlin. In the 24 Chevy in 8th place, William Byron. In 9th place in the 22 Ford, Joey Logano. In the 2 Ford, Brad Keselowski at 10. 
In the number one Chevy and number 11 is Kurt Busch. 12th is McDow uh, Michael McDowell in 34 Ford. In the 95 Toyota, Christopher Bell in 13th. Eric Amarola in the number 10 Ford, 14th. Tyler Reddick in the number 8 Chevy, 15th. And Kevin Harvick in the number 4 Ford in 16th. So playoffs are looking <clears throat> good then, brother. Yes, sir. So let's get about some news. Let's do it. From this weekend. Ryan Blaney is riding high on momentum as NASCAR shifts into the playoffs. Blaney won the final race of the re regular season at Daytona, which catapulted him into the third spot in the standings, sitting pretty comfy behind Martin Truex Jr. and points leader Kyle Larson. Larson has been the victim of Blaney's momentum and just bad timing as he once again could not secure another win in his dominant regular season performance. The driver that benefits the most, though, from the regular season coming to win is Denny Hamlin. As we have discussed this season, Hamlin's dominated races but cannot find his way to victory lane. However, with the standings reset with the playoffs starting, he goes from 14th all the way up to 7th in the standings, leaving him some breathing room to make a push in the playoffs. So, Cooper, we had a few parts to talk about there. Blaney's momentum, Larson kind of sliding as we get towards the uh, playoff, and then, of course, Hamlin getting his lucky spot. <laughs> as far as Hamlin goes, this shows... <clears throat> <clears throat> that shows with everyone, dude. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't have to win a race to get in the playoffs. Right. It shows it right there. Mm -hmm. um, you, you just place very well. Yeah. And you will be fine. And, you know, Blaney, dude. Right. I mean, really, you gave him the, he's in what, third now? Yeah. That's just crazy, dude. Yeah, he's uh -huh. right there towards the top of the heap and got momentum going. There you go, right? Yeah, he's he's looking, uh, he's sitting pretty right now. Kyle Larson, man, I mean, it's just been the caution flag's been killing him late in these yeah. races. Every time he's going to have it, looks like he's going to win. Um, it happened at um, the Brickyard 200. He was leading with 10 laps to go. Then caution after caution, he got shuffled out of the uh, first place. That's the thing that and, sucks about caution and just... Certain things you never know what's going to go on in a race, and yep. you know if you got something like that going on, your pit crew has to be on point. Pit crew, your pit crew has to be on point. Not only that, driver, you have to be your on driver point. has to be on point. Yes. Yeah, he's got to get a good restart yeah. and everything else, because then the field just catches up. It's it's one thing because a lot of the time in NASCAR, you'll see guys who in the short run aren't very good, but as the race continues to stay green and goes oh, yeah, longer yeah. and longer, the car gets better. And therefore, they just start zooming out in front. And that's usually the case. And unfortunately, like we said, if you bring the whole pack back together and then you get lost in the shuffle, it makes it hard to get around all them again. And that's unfortunately what's been happening to Kyle Larson. But we now are in the chase for the playoffs, and we'll see what happens. I would still say, even with Blaney um, having the momentum he has, I still think this is Kyle Larson's cup to lose, honestly. Yeah, man. I, we'll see what happens with this. It's it's heating up, dude. Yes, sir. Some NASCAR heat. How you doing? That's right. All right, so we're going to move from the racetrack to the foot, football gridiron, baby. Let's talk some football. Yes. So the NFL had roster cut down uh, yesterday and for all 32 teams. Uh, had to go from 80 to their initial 53-man roster. There were some surprises, but the biggest one came from New England. Some didn't even believe that there was even a quarterback competition between Cam Newton and rookie Mac Jones. It appears they were wrong as the Patriots cut Cam Newton officially named Mac Jones as their starter going forward. This appears to be the end for Cam Newton as, a us as usually if a player fails in New England, then no one generally wants them. Cooper, 
This came kind of out of left field, out of New England. So, what do you think? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I don't really care for Cam Newton, so I really don't care at all. Um, I think he's been a mediocre player from the get-go. Uh-huh. He just got in some lucky spots and, uh, you know, got a Super Bowl. Well, he didn't get a Super Bowl. Well, he, he appeared he, in a Super he Bowl. He appeared in a Super Bowl. But Denver's defense was yeah. very dominant that day and got Peyton, Peyton Manning his last Super Bowl. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But, uh, yeah, that – but it was still kind of shocking because every um, – It is shocking, though, because he is the veteran out of the two. And vet, yeah, he's the veteran. He already had experience with the team. But uh, now it's been already admitted by Bill Belichick that the – COVID issued last week was not a deciding factor, but are we expecting Belichick to really tell us the truth on that? Do you really think he said that was not his deciding factor in it? From all reports and accounts, it sounds like it was. He just isn't going to tell the media it was. Even if it was, dude, at this point, you are an NFL player. Mm -hmm. If that is what they want you to do to stay on the field and to keep yourself healthy and everyone else around you healthy, Mm -hmm. then do what you got to do to play the game, man. You're getting paid enough money to do it. Why not? It just seemed also odd because reports were that Cam Newton was still playing well enough in the preseason that he should have kept his job, and then all of a sudden this happened. With COVID, and then he's cut the next week. It's just seems and it might be kind of odd. Might be might be making an example out of him. I don't know, but uh, yeah. I really don't care. I don't care for him anyway. Well, so. I know you don't. I mean, we don't really care for New England. It just seems really odd yeah. that it came out like that. Uh, speaking of odd, we're going to talk about the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the hard knocks was kind of odd all the whole season. Yeah, it was. I watched it. Yeah, yeah, good for you. I don't care. <laughs> All right. The Dallas Cowboys were speculated to be monitoring the punting situation in Los Angeles and the Rams as it seemed that Johnny Hecker was possibly going to be released by the team. This was going to be a reunion for Hecker if he was cut as the Cowboys have former Rams special teams coordinator uh, Fossil and former kicker Greg Zerline. The Rams ended up restructuring Hecker's contract and trading uh, Corey Bojaquez, I believe that's how you pronounce his last name, and a 2023 seventh round pick for, to the Packers for a 2023 sixth round pick. Speculation of the Rams moving on from Hecker was fueled by his placement on the COVID injury list last week himself. Though the only difference for Hecker is it has been confirmed he is already vaccinated. So that's a difference in his situation with Cam Newton. But still, it was interesting to see what happened. He got to stay in Los Angeles because he was willing to restructure his deal. Yeah. So what do you think? Yeah, man. Uh, hey, I like Hacker. I'm glad he's. I'm glad he's still with you know. That's right. With the Rams, we don't want to see him go to the Cowboys. No, I mean the only downside ever been to Hacker is that he went to Oregon State. Other than that, he's been a great kicker. He's still he's still a hometown guy, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, but Oregon or State, whatever. Oregon you know. State. But still, that's his only downside. But on that. He's one of the few players that ever seemed to show up for us in St. Louis. Other than, of course, Aaron Donald. Don't y'all at me because I know Donald was on the team before we moved from St. Louis to um, Los Angeles. But I'm just mean consistently there for us whenever we needed him and reliable. It took Donald 
about a year to really start getting to be where he was dominant as he was. Or is, not was. Is, man. Is. He's a beast. But Hecker was pretty much consistent out the gate when he took over as punter for the Rams and back in St. Louis. So he's been our bright spot. And I always said, well, just run Hecker out there, quarterback, because can't do any worse than what you guys were throwing out there anyways. There you go, right? Yep. So glad to get Hecker at least one more year. Um, going to be interesting to see because, oh, man, I'm going to miss Hecker if we don't have him. All right. Uh, reports over the weekend that were swirling – um, from Miami, that they were looking to be the front runners for the Deshaun from Deshaun Watson from the Texans. The rumors are saying that the Dolphins may be willing to give the Texans three first rounders and two second rounders. As of cut as of the cut down deadline, there was no indication that the trade was imminent. A report after the deadline said the Texans were willing to hold on to Watson even if his if he was inactive the whole time this season. Obviously, the Dolphins were not offering that much as they. As, as much as that was basically what the Texans have been asking for and would be crazy to not have taken that offer. Um, then reports were today that um, Brian Flores, their head coach of the Dolphins, has told the team that two is their quarterback this season. Cooper, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, man. I think it's, it's a good and fair enough um, – Situation to not move on anything right now with Deshaun Watson, because uh, you're giving up a lot more than what you're getting if things go a different route. So, yeah, it's better off to just kind of wait this one out and see what happens. Yeah, I don't think they got a fair shake with Tua last year either. Tua only played nine games. He did go six and three in those games. Was he a barn burner? No, no, of course not. He was not. But the simple fact is is you don't have enough of your own tape on your quarterback to really judge whether or not he should be your quarterback of the or your franchise quarterback moving forward. So I think a whole year, plus he had an offseason, because he last year he didn't even have an offseason, and if they would have had the yeah. offseason, he was still wanting to participate because of his recovery from injury. But now he had an offseason, so now he knows the playbook better. He's had time with his teammates. Let's see what he does. Yeah, I mean that that's fair, and mm-hmm. he's not going to be you know compared to anybody now. He's he's the quarterback. He's the guy. I mean, it, so. it just sucks when you sit there and watch what Herbert's done out in Los Angeles with the Chargers, and you're just like, we had both on the table, and we went with Tua, and Tua didn't look as good as Herbert did last year. And I'm not saying Herbert's going to be the better quarterback. I'm hoping he is because I'm a Ducks fan and I would love Because he's a homer and he's just going to talk about it, guys. So, listen in. Well, it's the only good thing I'm going to ever say about the Chargers anyways, who should be <laughs> in San Diego where they belong because they have my quarterback from Oregon and the Raiders. That's the only reason why I'll talk ever good about them if they ever let Marcus have a chance at starter. But anyways, um, he's, it's, I'm not saying, though, that Herbert will be better because Herbert could – could have been a mirage last year. We don't know. We won't know until this year. Is Herbert as good as he was advertised last year? We'll see. It's going to be interesting to find out. And I can't wait to watch. As both of them will do that. Um, Burrow's got a chance to be good. That whole draft class of quarterbacks still has a good chance of being good. We'll just see what happens. Yeah, man. All right. Um, before we get to the worst offseason decisions by all 32 teams, we had one more I forgot to add on here. But the entry to J.K. Dobbins... Tearing his ACL in the final preseason game before the start of the season and ending his season early. 
Cooper, the debate is on um, whether or not you should start your starters in the preseason or let them sit. Now, the old school coaches, you're going to have Belichick, uh, Mike Tomlin, your coach in Pittsburgh, uh, Andy Reid, um, who am I missing? I'm missing some other. Ron Rivera. Those old school coaches are going to want to start their starters, and they usually do. The new guys are going to follow what McVay has been doing uh, because, you know, we didn't start any starters in, what was it, 2018. We went 8-1, made it to the Super Bowl, and everybody's now following suit. That's in the closer to our age in coaches. So, and Harbaugh is notorious. John Harbaugh is notoriously staunch about starting his players, your rival in Baltimore. Um and what's the only thing that just sucks is it just happened to be his he was only going to play the one drive and it happened toward the end of the drive that he got hurt. But the so the debate is whether or not you should really start your starters. We're both kind of and I'll let you talk of course about it, but we've been both kind of on the end. If you got rookies that are going to technically be starters, let them get some playing time to see how they they are. But mostly your starters should sit for the most part. Go ahead. Yeah, man. That's, that's the way I, <clears throat> I see it. Mm-hmm. Is that if you have some rookies and some younger guys that you want to take a look at, let them start. You know what I mean? And uh, But yeah, as far as you know, seasoned vets and whatnot and people that have been in the league for a while, as long as they have that number one spot and they're not trying to fight for it, let them sit it out, man. It's... It makes no sense to get somebody hurt over over a damn preseason game. Yeah. I mean, if you got, like, a quarterback battle, of course, we saw in San Francisco, yeah. they had to see it with Garoppolo and Trey Lance, and then, of course, obviously, well, That's what I'm saying. If, there, if there's a position yeah. battle, go for it. But right. if there's not really a position battle there, it's yeah. just like, let the dude sit out. J.K. Dobbins was clearly going to be your number one running back. He showed that last year, yeah. that he was your lead back. He was going to be your guy. And you probably shouldn't have sent him. I wouldn't be surprised if actually in the next um, CBA agreement that the uh, NFLPA and the owners wouldn't actually talk about start talking about a um, uh, a playing a preseason playing scale. Like you should play if you're in this amount of years of experience. At this amount of years, maybe you play a little bit less, and then if you're this much, you've earned the right to not play at all in preseason games. I mean, but, I mean, so that would be at least kind of like you kind of at least get right in the middle. You meet in the middle. if you, Because yeah. you can be the extreme side of the McVeighs and go, I ain't starting nobody. of my None of my starters are playing, <laughs> period, end of discussion. And then you could be on the, you know, the Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, John Harbaugh, end of the spectrum and staunch and you go, my starters need the reps because we need to get them in game shape. That's you what going practice is for, too, though. Yeah, and that's what the scrimmages are for as well. Also, a little side note I wanted to throw out there real quick that all three Alabama quarterbacks from the 2018 National Champion are starters in the NFL this year. That's just crazy, right? Yep, Tua, Mac Jones, and Jalen Hurts. That's crazy. Yep, just wanted to throw that out there. See, Alabama, I can show you a little bit of love too. Come on now. It's because you guys won't shut up. It's because he wants a damn cookie. He wants to go to the dark side. He knows you got cookies. No, I'm going to stay on my evil dark side that's up north in the Pacific Northwest. Because <laughs> we own the pack, baby. All right, so let's move on to part two of the worst off-season decisions by all 32 teams. Let's do it, brother. 
Our next eight teams, baby, are going to be the Dallas Cowboys, Denver Broncos, Detroit Lions, Green Bay Packers, Houston Texans, Indianapolis Colts, Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Kansas City Chiefs. So, yeah, so we were doing this in alphabetical order, if you all forgot, so bear with us as we go through this. And if you ain't listening to the first part of it, we've got more episodes, y'all. Where are you at? That's right, so go check them out. So, first up, the Dallas Cowboys. Really sick and tired of talking about Cowboys. <laughs> Anyways, oh, Hard Knocks was crazy to watch. Yeah. Let's keep let's keep going with this. All right, the Cowboys are still playing like in like they have or like they are in the past. Before their offense was emphasized by a power run game, now they're turning back the clock again. This time on defense, and they have overloaded their linebacker room with multiple draft capital picks in last year's draft, including number twelve overall Micah Parsons. However, their secondary, specifically at safety, still lacks quality talent. It could be a problem if their front seven doesn't generate enough pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Cooper, do we agree with this assessment of the Cowboys' worst season, worst offseason decision? Not really. Yeah, I have a hard time with that too because as long if your defensive line can step up and help, you're hoping yeah, for a healthy yeah, defensive, defensive line. Defensive line can step up, and your linebackers can can give that rush. There, there's no reason why you should have to worry about what's going on in the backfield. That's right, because as long as you're in their backfield, you don't have to worry about your back end yeah. of your defense. Because you can make average corners and safeties look stupendous if you can pressure the quarterback enough, either with a front four or a front five um, pressure and make sure. And Parsons, the dude is so freakishly yeah. gifted. Yeah, this is just somebody trying to stir the pot. Let's. Let's talk some shit about this, but really, honestly, they made a good draft pick this year. I know it wasn't who they wanted, but you know it was it was it was somebody worth having. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, come on, everybody wanted Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I would have traded my whole draft to get up to get Kyle Pitts if I could. But you know, I'm, yeah. not, I'm also not a GM, and I probably have to give up more first round picks that I don't have because you know I would want to be the Rams GM. But anyways, I digress. We'll move on to Denver. So the Broncos over did all the Broncos overpay Ronald Darby? Darby had a bounce back season in 2020 after a poor performance the year prior. After the down year in Philadelphia, Darby would sign with division foe the Washington football team in 2020 and play a lot better. But some would argue that not to the tune of which he got signed for the Broncos. Not only would Denver spend so much on him, three years, $30 million, but they would also grab Kyle Fuller, who was released by the Bears, and draft Patrick Sertan II with a ninth overall pick. It appears Darby is definitely more of the likely third most talented of the three. So basically dead last in talent compared to the other two. What are your thoughts on that, Coop? I mean, it is what it is, man. Uh, sometimes you're not going to get the best guys around. You're going to get what you get, mm-hmm. and you got to make that shit work. And I think... That's kind of the the gist of what's going on here. Yeah, I mean, even though you paid him three years, $30 million, that's a little bit of a lot. But if you throw him in at the slot corner and let Sertan and Fuller run the outside, that's a pretty good trio of corners. Yeah, man, that's, that's not bad at all. Yeah, of course, Fuller's actually getting to that point in his career where you might need to start looking at him at being a safety. I'm not sure if he's quite where he was when he first came into the league at corner. Good cornerbacks will do that too. I mean, he's almost. I think he's close to the same point that Ronnie Lott moved from corner to safety. Ronnie Lott had a Hall of Fame career at safety. So, yeah. 
All right, next up, the Detroit Lions. The Lions made the head-scratching move of hiring Dan Campbell as their new offensive head, not offensive coordinator, their new head coach this offseason. There we go. That's what uh-huh. I was trying to say. Campbell had been working with Sean Payton recently on his coaching staff. Campbell was at one point the interim head coach for the Miami Dolphins in 2015. The team went 5-7 five and seven under him, but it was not enough for him to retain as, be retained as coach. He had an interesting introduction speech as the Lions head coach, but only time will tell if this was a bad move on the Lions' part. Cooper, your thoughts on head coach Dan Campbell of the Lions? Yeah, man, that that's really truthful. Is time will tell with this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's five and seven's not really that great. So uh, yeah, man, uh, it's it's a shot in the dark. We'll see what happens, and hopefully, he has a good season. Yeah. Uh, the Lions aren't going to do much this year anyways. Um, as long as they stick with him, he did pretty well with the Dolphins because in 2015 they kind of actually did look like hot garbage before he took over. And he did inspire that team to at least get five wins. That pr- was pretty good because that team did not look like it was going to be able to do anything that year. So to get another opportunity I think is a good chance for him. Uh, plus he is part of the Lions family. He p- did play tight end for the Lions for a little bit in his career, and so I think this is a good opportunity for him to come back to Detroit and could possibly be part of the turnaround, or at least be the bridge to the next coach that might be finishing the turnaround. We'll see what happens, though. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Next up, their division foe, the Green Bay Packers. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> so the Packers made an interesting decision in re-signing Aaron Jones, running back, to the tune of four years, $48 million. This could be potentially another signing in a long line of bad signings of running backs in recent years. It started in 2018. Actually, it technically started in 2017. I misread the article. DeFonte Freeman with the Falcons in 2017. But I had to go with what I wrote. Um, In 2018, when the Rams signed Todd Gurley to a four-year, $60 million extension, which did not work out for them. That same year, David Johnson also signed a nice contract with Arizona, only to see him and Gurley as well, not on their respective teams. In 2019, Ezekiel Elliott got paid good money, only to see his production to continue to decline. Jones could be could be next in line, though the Packers still have reigning MVP Aaron Rodgers, whereas the other running backs did not have the quarterbacks on Rodgers' level of talent. Cooper, your thoughts? I think the lot, a lot of the problem we have nowadays, too, mm-hmm. Is we're not a running league. No, we're a passing league. We don't we don't run the ball like we used to anymore. Uh-uh. I mean, it's not these guys aren't working very hard for their positions, so once they get to that point they just kinda peter out and it sucks because, you know, you ain't gonna see another Jerome Bettis or or somebody of that caliber for a while, you know what I'm saying? Because... Yeah. They don't really have that passion. I don't know. I see it with Ezekiel Elliott, too. I mean, he, oh, yeah. he, he went from being, oh, he's going to be like the next big thing. Or then when Saquon Barkley came out, oh, Saquon. I'm like, okay. And I haven't seen anything really come out of that kid. All right. Gurley's problem was his knee. His knee gave out on him yeah. that same year that he signed that deal. Mm-hmm. He His knee was what quit on him, um, and he just could not be healthy. And that was his major problem because Gurley was an outstanding running back. 
I think he was still better than Ezekiel because he had a better offensive game than Ezekiel. Ezekiel was uh, running, running back. That's all he could really do. Gurley could also be a threat out of the backfield. He was a bigger, to me, he was a bigger version of Marshall Falk. Though Marshall, of course, is a legend. We all know that. I'm not trying to compare him. But the fact that he could leave the backfield, go catch a pass, and take it to the house if he could, like Falk could, you know, that was the threat of with Gurley. Um, and kind of what the threat was with David Johnson, he could do that too. But again, injuries derailed him in Gurley. But like I also said, though, they don't have the quarterback or didn't have the quarterback of Aaron Rodgers' talent. Yeah. If you had Aaron Rodgers with those running backs, Gurley wouldn't have ran as much because you're throwing the ball quite a bit and he probably doesn't hurt his knee. Same with David Johnson and probably same with Ezekiel Elliott. You wouldn't be running as much because you'd have freaking Aaron freaking Rodgers, MVP of the league. Well, now Doug... Dak Prescott's back, and I think he's going to have a good season. Yeah, so I but mean, he's still not Aaron Rodgers. He's still not Aaron Rodgers, but he is pretty damn good. Yeah. All right, man, so next up, we're going to talk about our abysmal 0-17 agreement with Houston Texans. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Moving on from Deshaun Watson could actually be more detrimental now than it would have been earlier in this offseason. Watson made it publicly known that he was no longer wanting to be in Houston after the team allowed Bill O'Brien to... Re- to make really questionable moves, it was necessary to just completely reboot the franchise. However, the team decided not to reboot the quarterback position and refused to move on from Watson. Then allegations came out against Watson that puts not only his career in jeopardy, but his entire life. The Texans are still asking for more than than where his value currently stands, and it may come back to haunt them. Cooper... Your thoughts on the 0 17 Houston Texans? Oh man, Houston, you have a problem. Yeah. You have a big problem. Uh yeah, man. This this whole thing is just so crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like it's almost like it's set up to be like a movie against the guy or something. Like the dude wanted out of Houston, all of a sudden all these allegations come out. Right. I'm not saying that they're not true, but it just seemed kind of fishy. All of it. Right. And uh, Houston, you have a problem. Yes, it is a major problem. It's not looking good for Houston. They would have been better off trading him from the get-go and getting as much as they could because you probably could have got what you were asking for. But instead, you decided to go against it. Now you're asking for what he's not worth right now because now he's got all these allegations. And it's like he's not going to be able to go nowhere now. Yeah, so it's... Definitely going to be a problem for Houston. Enjoy your 0-17, Houston, because that's... That's what we gave you. That's what we gave you, and that's honestly not far-fetched, honestly. It probably could happen. All right, Houston, one of Houston's division rivals, the Indianapolis Colts, is up next. Indianapolis lost both Phillip Rivers to retirement and Jacoby Brissett this offseason, but traded for Frank Reich's former quarterback from Philly, Carson Wentz. However, the team did not do much in ways of getting Wentz uh, more receiving options and appeared set to be going into the season with T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman Jr., and Zach Pascal as their top three options. It's been uh, two years since uh, Hilton has reached the 1,000-yard plateau, and it seems to be on the back end of his career. While Pittman has shown signs of great potential, it's only the second year, 
and Pascal is an above-average receiver at best. So, Cooper, your thoughts on Indianapolis not giving Wentz more targets? Yeah, I man, that, that really sucks for the Colts and mm-hmm. sucks for Wentz. Um, and it sucks for you being a new quarterback of the franchise when you're not seeing them really build the team around you. Yeah, I mean, they have, well, their offensive line has been detrimented by injuries now, uh, so that's not very good. Um, especially after Anthony Costanzo retired this last offseason, or actually this offseason. Uh, it's really going to be hard because, like I said, T.Y. Hilton looks like he's on the back end of his career, hasn't reached 1,000 yards in two seasons, probably going to make it three in a row. Uh, Pittman Jr. does look talented. He's got a good shot, probably could be the 1,000-yard receiver this year. But Pascal is, like I said, above average at best, and you're not going to get a whole lot out of him. Uh, if you can get close to 700 yards, 750 yards with Pascal, then that's actually great, but I just don't see it happening. And then their tight ends are kind of questionable, and, yeah, they got a good running back. At least they got that going for them. Right. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if at one point the Colts don't try to get Zach Ertz former teammate of Carson Wentz in Philly, uh, tight end, to at least give him another pass catcher with some skill. I mean, I know it's a tight end, but at least it's something with some with some skill. Right. So, of course, I don't know how the relationship is, but I can't remember if Herbs was one of the ones that kind of thought Wentz shouldn't be on the team anymore when Foles helped him to win the Super Bowl, but I digress. <laughs> the other division rival in, in that uh, row of teams that we're talking about, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Jacks have always been big spenders in free agency, but none seem to work out the way they want. And that could be the case uh, once again as the team signed cornerback Shaquille Griffin to a three-year, $40 million deal, $29 million of which is fully guaranteed. Griffin has showed size and talent, but one thought, but no one thought to be a highly paid cornerback in the league. This may be another free agent dud for the Jaguars. I kind of disagree with this one. I've seen Shaquille Griffin... Plenty of times because he went up against the Rams. He was also here in Central Florida. That Central Florida. The kid's got talent. Is he top five? No. Might be just outside of top ten cornerbacks. But he's talented. And they needed help at corner. And I think he's got a good shot of proving these skeptics wrong. Definitely, man. I mean, I mean, not everybody can be Jalen Ramsey. No. And you don't even think Jalen Ramsey's Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> uh, he has a little bit more of my respect now that he's toned down a notch with his antics. Yeah. But uh, still not a ninety nine overall. Still not a ninety nine overall. <laughs> it's two Rams, man. Come on. Just let me have that. Nah. Two Madden Rams. Nah. Donald should just be a hundred. Yeah. That that at least we can agree on, right? Donald should just be a hundred. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Continue. <laughs> But yeah, man. I mean, this is good for the Jags. You know, maybe they maybe they overpriced a little bit with it, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you gotta spend a little to 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 see what's gonna happen. You gotta you gotta roll the dice on them. So we'll see what happens with it. Yes, sir. All right. Last up, we have the defending AFC champions, Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs didn't do much wrong this offseason. They rebuilt their offensive line by signing guard Joe Thune away from the Patriots and trading for Orlando Brown from the Ravens, which they still landed a second-round pick in this last draft, 
which resulted in Nick Bolton from the, the uh, from Missouri, and he's a linebacker. They also drafted Creed Humphrey uh, Center from Oklahoma to help bolster their offensive line. They did sign Kyle Long out of retirement, which ended up backfiring on the organization when he injured his knee, leaving them once again needing to fill a hole on their offensive line. So technically, that was your problem. They yeah. signed Kyle Long out of retirement, and he ended up getting hurt. So that's their negative. That's their worst decision. Yeah. Otherwise, they had a really good offseason, so it's hard to... It's really hard to pick apart an organization that is as awesome as the Chiefs have been lately. Mm-hmm. Can't really pick them apart when... How many times have they been to the Super Bowl? Two in a row. Should have been three, but, you know, Tom Brady cheated that time, too. There you go. <sighs> Cheater hits. Anyways... Uh, yeah, I, don't get me wrong. I love Kyle Long. He attended Oregon, so it makes him great. And he's the son of Howie Long. We both really yeah. love Howie Long. Oh, yeah, man. Younger brother of Chris Long, who, of course, I love because he was a Ram. And would have loved Kyle to have been a Ram at any point in his career. But, unfortunately, that year off, um, I, I don't blame him. He took the year off because his body didn't feel right, plus COVID. So, I can understand. He didn't want the risk. And I get that. But it sounds like, though, because he got injured quite early into training camp, it sounds like he wasn't in, still in the best shape either, and that probably led to his injury. So that was probably the problem. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. So, unfortunately, so they're still kind of looking, and we'll see what happens. But I still think... I still think they have some good key players that can protect the quarterback. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that that's what... Mahomes needs. Plus, they're they are getting their guy that op, won their offensive alignment that was that's really talented um, back who opted out last year to who as a medical doctor in Canada um, who was helping with the co- help battle COVID in Canada and now he's coming back to play football this year and uh, I think that will probably take care of their line issue probably hurts their depth a little bit but still I like to think that uh, Kansas City's still more than likely going to be the AFC representative in this year's Super Bowl. Yes. Unless something bad happens and hopefully it doesn't. Because yeah. I like, I've always kind of liked the Kansas City Chiefs. I, and I really wish they could have just got to one and won one Super Bowl with Montana just so we could have stuck it to the Niners for trading him. Right. Because yeah. that would have just been, oh, I would have been in love for that. I would have loved that forever because I would have run into every Niners fan I came across. He traded Joe Montana to the Chiefs, and he went and won a Super Bowl. Take that. But I digress. They didn't have to have that at their faces. You sound so sad, dude. I am. I would have loved that. a little bit somber there. Are you okay? I would have loved that for Montana. <laughs> to stick it to him? You let me go for Steve Young? Watch me win a Super Bowl in Kansas City. <laughs> Plus, they had Marcus Allen. I would have loved for him to win one to stick it to the Raiders. For giving up on him like they did. That would have just... Oh, oh it would have been so good. Anyways, see, I can be fans of other teams. A fan of other teams. Uh-huh. Hopes. I still feel bad for the Bills. Come on, Alan. You got to get one. I know, right? That's really the only threat is Buffalo to me. I don't think Cleveland's quite, th- quite there yet. Their defense still needs some work. But Buffalo... If Buffalo gets home field... Advantage over the Chiefs in the playoffs, that's their opportunity, and they better not blow it. Definitely, man. 
Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about our predictions um, next week because uh, we got to give at least some sort of prediction of who we think will win the Super Bowl or attend and be in the Super Bowl. So that's our episode. It was fun, wasn't it? It was fun, dude. Not too bad for having to do this on a really way of weird way of doing yeah, it. Yeah, it was a little odd because I think we were both kind of like, uh. Yeah. But, you know, it was fun. It was. All right, so we'll be back again on uh, Saturday with Wrestling Talk. Um, yeah, Saturday with Wrestling Talk. And then Sunday, we're back to our normal schedule starting Sunday with Baseball Basketball Talk. And then Tuesday, again, excuse me, football, uh, NASCAR football talk. Because the season now kicks into gear for the playoffs. And, of course, not this weekend, but the following weekend will be the official start of the NFL season. Yes, baby. I can't wait. But college football's already here. Yes. So excited. Yes, sir. So excited. And then next week on Thursday, we premiere... AEW talk. Yes, I can't wait for this, dude. Uh, to, to actually be able to give a little bit more attention to to AEW and especially everything they're doing, dude. You, you gotta love it. So mm-hmm. It's gonna be fun on the bone, to say the least. Yes, sir. So that's our programming schedule from here on out. That was basically what we'll be doing. Um, that does it for us here tonight. And as always, keep, keep on, on talking sports. sports. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everyone, this is Big Man. This is Cooper. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, but be sure to check us out on our social medias. On Facebook at Cooper Big Man. Our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. On Twitter at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram, also at Cooper Big underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at sportstalk.cooper.bigman. Or you can email us at sportstalk with Cooper in Big Man. That's Sports Talk, W I T Cooper, the letter N, Big Man, and that's at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment, action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now.